Kara from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. So here we are and we're doing our second week of our series called Empower. And as we talked about last week, you know, the, the series is based around one of our core values um, as an Every Nation movement. These are our core values. Remember how last week we were talking about how um, these are five things that everything that we do as a movement is based around these five things. So um, this series in particular is focusing on leadership. uh, And leadership is one of our core values because, of course, we believe in sowing in and training the next generation so that we're not just, you know, one of those bands that has a one-hit wonder, you know, um, have one awesome song they put out, you know, and they sell heaps of uh, records and sell heaps of singles, but then you never hear from them again. Uh, We don't want uh, this movement, we don't want what we're doing to finish when we're all dead and gone. We want to uh, make a movement that makes an impact uh, and changes the world for history. Uh, So we believe in sowing into leaders, And that's what this um, Empower series is about. And we've taken some inspiration from this book called The Multiplication Challenge. I highly recommend it. Uh, Written by actually our founder of of our Every Nation movement and our president, uh, Pastor Steve Murrell and his son, William Murrell. And so last week, we talked about how to think like a leader. You know, we talked about how leadership is all about others. Um, And even though we all desire to be great, uh, if we want to be like Christ, the goal is not greatness, but the goal is to serve. And the way to think like a leader is to think like a servant. And so this week, week two, we're talking about how to grow like a leader. And it's really important for us to remember that even though we are leaders, even though we may be um, leading people, we must always be growing We must always continue to grow. You've never, you know, made it. Yes. You know, um, I remember in science, do you guys remember high school science? Some of us was not that long ago. Some of us was never mind ago. Well, you know, I have seen every episode of CSI, CSI Las Vegas, CSI New York, and CSI Miami. So in my book, I think I have a science degree or they're, Uh, like an equivalent, because that's real, what happens in those shows is just based off real life. They do wake up at 2 a.m. to go solve murders, wearing stilettos and, you know, makeup and everything. But anyway, one key indicator, you know, they teach you the seven indicators of how you know something is alive. And and I don't know what they use in other countries, but in New Zealand, we like using the uh, acronym Mrs. Green. And so it's M-R-S-G-R-E-N. And I think M is movement or motion. So if something is alive, it moves. Even trees move as they grow, they move. You know, respiration, sensitivity, and G, growth. So how do you know if something is alive? It grows. And so a leader must always be growing. And you know, it's not uh, an accident that, you know, when, when God created the world and he created Adam and Eve, he put them in the Garden of Eden. And he told them, 
I want you to grow, be fruitful, and multiply. He placed them in this beautiful, lush garden, and he said to them pretty much, you know, just as you are nourished by these trees and this fruit as they grow, I want you to grow and be fruitful so that you can nourish others. And so you and I, we are called to be fruitful and we're called to grow. And so how do we become fruitful? Wow, I'm so glad you asked because that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, you know, I was thinking, some, you know, when, we're, when we become new Christians, you know, when we just join the church, when we just give our lives to Jesus, and, you know, sometimes we can uh, get used to just relying on, like, pastors or leaders or whoever's um, mentoring us. We can get used to just relying on them um, for, like, a source of feeding, you know, but... The truth is that we all need to be connected with Jesus on a personal level because he is the source of our power. You know, it's not enough to just meet up with people or hang around people. You know, I can look around and I see a whole bunch of faith-filled, crazy, on-fire disciples for God. You know, it wouldn't be enough for me to just hang out with you guys and sit next to you guys while you pray those powerful prayers and read your Bible and, you know, listen to what you've learned when you were having time with God, that wouldn't be enough for me because I need to have my own connection with Jesus. You know, like today's service, you know, this is not a concert, even though sometimes, you know, I can tell, I can tell that sometimes you guys think that we can't see you up there. <laughs> you know how you can tell, you know, that people do certain things, you know, <clears throat> wipe certain things and but we can actually see you it's not a concert it's not a movie but the whole point of us meeting together on a Sunday you know as a staff you know we meet here early we pray we pray for everyone who walks in the door and one thing you know um, Leo and Tyler they always lead us in prayer before we come out and have worship and things and one thing I always hear every single time and I heard it this morning too is they always pray that the people who come in will have a connection with God or have an encounter with God. Not just, you know, have a good time, feel good, say hi to their friends, but the whole point is so that we can make a real connection, not just today, but just to a, a reconnection that will last throughout the week. You know, um, that's the whole point of what we do because we must be connected to God we must be connected to Jesus on a personal level. You know, um, Ulu and I have this running joke. And um, see that red keyboard there? That's James's one. But um, about 10 years ago, Ulu bought his first one like that, first bright red keyboard. He calls it his Nord. Sometimes we joke around and we say, is that your Nord or your Lord? No, just kidding. But, you know, we, we tease him because he loves his Nord. He's got a couple of them now. Um, you know what, the thing about Nords is that they're really, 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 really expensive. Just saying. You know, they cost, I don't know, um, James will probably be able to tell you exactly how much they cost, but it costs more than all of the socks and shoes that I own, I think. You know, but Ulu loves his keyboards. He um, always reminds me when I tell him how, you know, how much did that cost again? You know, when I do those rub it in ones. Um, he'll often remind me of all of the great things that the keyboards can do, you know, because 
but you don't know. You know, you can actually program sounds. You know, your parents sent you to all those expensive music lessons, you know, learning those instruments, but you know, I just press the button and I'm playing it, you know. Violin, what, what, do you want a high violin? Do you want three violins? There you go. Do you want a full orchestra? You know, and so he's reminding me how awesome this keyboard is. You know, and with his keyboard, you know, the first one that he bought 10 years ago, it's a smaller one, so it's a little bit lighter. He um, has, we've traveled a lot with that keyboard. And there have been trips that we've gone on, mission trips to go and work with worship teams and churches overseas. And he has not taken a bag of clothes. He has taken a bag of keyboard. And he'll shove some, you know, clothes in there. And as long as he's got his keyboard, he's happy, you know. But one thing that I always remind him of about his keyboard is that, you know, yes, it can do amazing things. Yes, it has helped him to train and inspire lots of young musicians around the world. But, you know, without a connection, uh, without the right connection to plug it in, to get the power that it needs, you know, it's just really just an expensive coffee table, <laughs> really. Or it's just a real uncomfortable high footrest if you're like Leo and can put your legs that high. I can't. You know, in all of its glory and all of the things that it can do, without being connected properly to the power source, it's useless. There's no point. And, you know, all throughout the Bible, uh, God has, you know, examples throughout the Bible of just metaphors, I guess, of what our relationship with him is like. And, you know, uh, we sang a song that uh, today he is my shepherd. You know, the, the Bible uses that analogy of Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep. There's the other one of, um, you know, God is the father and we are his children. There's, um, he is the master, we are the servant. He is the king, we are the subjects. Jesus is the body, but the head, and we are the body of Christ. But today, I want us to look at one analogy in particular that looks at growth and how to grow. And that is when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Okay, so let's look at John 15, verse 5. And it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 8, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And so he says, whoever abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. You know, that word abide, it, it means to remain or to endure or stay, to hold on to something, to hold fast to it, and to stay connected to something. And so, you know, when you think about it, whoever, when Jesus said, whoever stays connected to me, whoever holds on to me, whoever stays with me, endures with me, it is he who bears much fruit. What does it mean to abide with Jesus? It means to do life with him, a relationship with him. And so the analogy looks like this. It says, God is the gardener. 
He oversees and looks after the garden. And Jesus is like the vine. And we, you and me, we are the branches. And so Jesus' life flows into us from the vine. And it flows into us, the branches. And whatever Jesus flows into, whatever is connected to him, will bear fruit. The source of life comes from the vine. You know, if you, if you go to a tree, I was looking at the trees outside, but I wasn't going to, you know, break a tree. Well, I didn't have a saw. But if you cut off a branch from a tree and it is now disconnected from the actual tree, it won't take long. It may stay green for a little while, but it won't take long, but it will die because it can't live without being connected to the rest of the tree. And so us, we must make abiding in Jesus a priority or else we will wither and die. So what is the key to bearing fruit? It is being connected with Jesus. You may ask, how can I have a fruitful marriage? Connect it to Jesus. Pray together. Go to God together. You know, protect that time of connectedness with Christ. Because everything that's connected with Jesus bears fruit. The verse said, apart from him, you can do nothing. You know, and as a side note, I wrote down here to just remind us all that we can't be vines for other people either because we are all branches. You know, some of us maybe have chosen something or someone to be our vine and we're trying to draw life out of that thing or draw value out of that thing you know, or that person. You know, it could be our spouse if you're married. It could be your friends. It could be your children, your job. It could be your skills. You know, you're trying to draw your validation from those things. But what happens then? Well, first of all, you're not healthy. And they're probably not healthy either. Because they're not designed to be a vine for us. Only Jesus can be that for us. Once again, if we are not connected to him, there will be no fruit. Have you ever seen a branch of an apple tree on its own, broken off, bear fruit? You know, it could strain all at once, but it, it will never be able to bear fruit. The, even the thought of it is ridiculous. But that's how ridiculous it is for us to think that we can be healthy apart from the vine. I wanted to uh, mention also, you know, there's a difference between being busy and being fruitful. You know, you might be busy. You know, heaps of times, you know, you ask people how they're doing. How are you? Oh, busy, you know. And that's cool. It's, it's good to be busy. In fact, as leaders, we should be busy, right? Because we're always surrounded by people who don't know God. There's always people to pray for. There's always someone who needs encouragement. We should, we should be busy. But the important thing is that we should be fruitful. You know, much like, much like most of you guys, you know, Ulu and I, we're, we're very busy, you know. Um, sometimes when people, like, catch a glimpse of our calendar, you know, when I'm scrolling through my phone, they'll see all the things that fill up our days and our nights. And a lot of the time, people just 
comment, oh my gosh, you guys are so full on, you guys are so busy, you know, and, and, and we are, we know that. But there's something that we always have to keep tabs on and that, yes, we are busy, 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 but it has to be stuff that bears fruit. Otherwise, we're just busy for nothing. You know, we need to make sure that everything that we do is connected to Jesus and that there's life flowing into everything that we're busy with and that it is bearing fruit. You know, I, I, I would even challenge us, you know, if, if you're here and you think, oh man, I'm so busy, but I don't know if I'm fruitful. You know, I, I challenge us to just take a look at our schedule, what's filling up our day. Because if there is a branch that does not bear fruit, you know, the Bible says um, it either gets cut off and thrown into the fire. But even when there is branches that are bearing fruit, the Bible says God still comes, the gardener, he still comes and he prunes it, you know, cuts it here and there, makes little strategic trims here and there. So it's kind of like, you know, you get cut anyway. <laughs> You know, John 15 also talks about pruning. I remember, um, and I think I might have mentioned this before, you know, one time my, my, my mum used to love listening to Radio Rima um, in the cars. And on Saturday mornings, they'd have this gardening show. And people, usually old ladies, would call in and ask questions about, oh, this, I'm so worried about my petunias. You know, and they'd ask questions and get advice from this um, gardening expert that would come in on Saturday mornings and ask answer questions and I remember one time he was talking about pruning and he said that pruning is so important even though after a gardener has pruned a plant it looks like it's dead because most of the stuff has been cut off but when the gardener knows what he's doing and he cuts off the things that are you know in his expert mind need to be removed it's then able to produce even more fruit than it did before. He also mentioned on that um, radio show, I don't even know, my mum my didn't really even do much gardening, but loved that show. Um, I remember him, he talked about sucker branches. Have you guys heard of sucker branches? Well, actually, sucker branches are branches that don't bear fruit, but they're still alive. So they're still taking nourish, nourishment and nutrients away from the plant, but it's not doing anything with it. And so those are the ones that need to be cut off. And so, you know, I was thinking maybe there are areas in our lives that aren't bearing fruit, either because they need to be connected to Jesus, or else they're just sucker branches that need to be cut off and thrown away. Um, if, if you belong to Jesus and you, you know, go through some hard times, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, uh, man, maybe God's punishing me or maybe I did this and, you know, God's just like saying, see, that's what happens, you know. I, I would like to suggest maybe it's not that. I mean, because, you know, doesn't the Bible say that Jesus took all of our punishment already on the cross? But I'd like to suggest that maybe it's not punishment. Maybe God is just pruning something, strategically cutting little things here, all out of your, um, with the long, big picture, 
and the best, uh, best intentions for you and love for you. Maybe God's pruning us, you know. We, we all have goals in our lives, you know. I know a lot of us, you know, have, um, you know, I want to be successful. I want to have a good job. I want to get promotions in my job, work hard and, you know, get a good reputation and things like that. <coughs> I want to be happy, you know, I want to be secure and stable financially and things like that. And those are all good things. But I think it's important for us to remember that God, God's goal for us is for us to be fruitful. You know, and what's the purpose of a fruitful tree? It's not just to look nice, but it's to nourish others. And that's why as leaders, we need to always be growing. You know, I was just thinking about it the other day that, um, you know, as a family, one of Ulu's um, hobbies since we were teenagers has been um, he loves to go surfing and so when we were teenagers we'd always drive out to um, Murawai, Bre Murawai Beach out west and those of you who go there I know a lot of you guys we all go out there together um, and basically just sit on the sand and wait for Ulu to come back six hours later um, but one family tradition that we love doing um, with you know the Tussies the Cardonas and um, a whole bunch of you guys is there's this one shop that we like to stop at on our way home and it's the strawberry place they have the strawberry plantations and they make these huge ice creams they're delicious and nutritious but you know I was just thinking about you know this one shop in particular uh, and they have you know all sorts of ice creams you can get you can get like shakes and you can get um, I think you can get pancakes as well. And they have all these bean bags sitting outside in the sun. They have this huge, beautiful deck. And we like just sitting there eating these strawberry ice creams. And I was thinking, man, so many times, even though we do it all the time throughout summer, you always hear the same thing. Oh, this is so nice. Oh, this is so refreshing. Oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, I like, let's do this again. Tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow. Okay. You know, and it's such a great thing to be able to um, enjoy this cool refreshing fruit um, that is nourishing and you know we all sit there with huge smiles while we eat these ice creams you know and I was thinking God wants you and me to be like that fruit you know he wants us to be nourishing and refreshing to other people he wants us to be a blessing helpful um, bringing life to others and connecting them to Jesus. You know, that's, that's a fruitful life. And that's the mark of a disciple, actually. You know, John 15 says that when you bear much fruit, it shows that you're his disciple. So if you think you're a disciple of Christ, the actual proof that you are is that you are, fr you are fruitful. And so I just briefly wanted to talk about three areas in particular that we need to continue to grow in. Okay. Uh, in the first area, as leaders, we need to keep growing in character. Okay. No matter who you are called to lead, whether it is your family or your household or your small group or your ministry, um, your character must always continue to grow. You know, in the Greek word for character, it talks about stamping or engraving an image on something. You know, and think about a coin. 
you know, in the old days when they would make coins, uh, they would take a chunk of metal, they would heat it up really, really hot, and then they would stamp it. When it was nice and soft, they would stamp it and apply huge amounts of pressure, and it would leave an image, usually of like Caesar's head or something, you know, some kind of mark would be left on that. And, and so now it's no longer a hunk of metal, but actually now it's money, you know, it has value. There's a mark left on it that now gives it purpose, where before it was just metal, but now it has a purpose. You can actually use it. You can do some stuff with it. And sometimes, you know, that heat and pressure kind of process that you go through, sometimes it feels like that's what God's doing. <laughs> because it feels like, oh, this is, yeah, this season feels like a lot of pressure. And it's very, 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 very hot, hard to deal with. You know, this past season, and I know some of you guys are the same, you know, this past season has been kind of a real stretching season for um, our family and we've had to believe God to show up in some major ways on some things that seemed pretty impossible. And to be honest, at times, we thought, man, maybe God's not actually going to show up here. <laughs> you know, I, but we have never prayed and fasted like we had, during, like we had to during that time. It's tough, uncomfortable. <laughs> so uncomfortable, exhausting, challenging, but you know what, in that process, and I know I can see some of you guys are smiling because you feel, you have felt the same way, in that process, you know, God was stamping his image on you in a way that he could never have done that before without applying that heat and that pressure. You try and stamp a cold hunk of metal, nothing will happen. But when you allow him to do that, when you abide, you endure, you hold on to him, you stay connected to him even during those hard times, you'll see him move in your life. And you'll see the mark that he leaves in you. That adds value and adds purpose. Now God can use you for some stuff. Because you're growing in character. Romans 5, 3 to 4 says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. You know, we can't have the character without the suffering. <laughs> Darn it. If we want to grow in character, grow in fruitfulness, we need to endure the trials and the testings. Okay, the second area that we need to continue to grow in, the first one was character. Second one is calling. We need to grow in our calling. Some people think that, you know, your calling from God is a one-time event. You know, the angel comes down and says, thus saith the Lord, you will be blah, blah, blah. Couldn't think of anything. And then you think, oh, sweet, I'm set. That's me. I'm in it, and I'll just carry on with my life. It's not so. Because remember, if something is alive, it's growing. And so we need to continue that process 
of seeking God, even though, you know, you may already think that you're walking in your calling, continue seeking God, learning from, you know, mentors, leaders, being encouraged by a spiritual family, you know, seeking God in his word. God will actually grow you in understanding of the calling that he has placed on your life. Your understanding of your calling will grow as you continue to walk in it. And if you're connected to Jesus, it will continue to grow and bear fruit. You know, there's pretty, pretty much when I was growing up, there was always two things that I felt like I was sure about in my calling as a Christian. And the first one was I knew that I was called to serve in my church and whatever that was, you know, whether it was in music ministry, kids ministry, They've never let me um, say hello to people at the door. I found that they always just got the supermodels with the best clothes standing at the door. One time I even asked if I could join, and they said, oh, it's okay. You're so busy with everything else, and I knew they were judging me. But, you know, I've always known that I'm called to serve in my church, wherever, however that was. And the second thing that I knew from a pretty young age (coughs) um, was that when I got married and had kids, I wanted to homeschool them. And so, you know, not much else that I was pretty sure in my life. (laughs) But those were two things that I was pretty sure that God had called me to do in my life. Um, And so that's what I did. You know, walking in my calling, I was pretty satisfied knowing that, yep, I'm pretty happy here. There's fruit and, um, you know, I really love how things are going. But, you know, a few years ago, you guys, most of you guys were there, you know, God decided to grow us in that calling of me personally serving as a volunteer at this church um, to actually becoming a full-time person who serves in this church and, you know, not doing anything else, um, you know, not doing another job and things like that. And so that was not something that was really expected, but I, I realized that God was growing me in the calling. He was growing my understanding and growing me as I continued to walk in that calling. Um, and also, you know, um, last year, we had an opportunity for me to take a teaching job at a school. And I felt like that was such a shock because I've always felt strongly that I wanted to homeschool my kids because I wanted to educate them. I wanted to choose what they learned. I wanted to, you know, sit next to them every day, not, you know, whoever else was going to sit next to them every day, you know. But then I felt like God was saying, no, I want you to grow in this calling. And so now we're at a point where I'm still training and educating my kids because much to their dismay, they are in my class. Um, And they have me for English every day. And all of their other teachers are my friends that I talk to at every lunchtime and morning tea. Um, So I'm still doing that calling, but God has grown me in that. And that now he's entrusted me with, I think every week I teach 75 children in my class. And so God has grown me to be able to still walk in that calling, but now do it on a bigger capacity with other people's children, which is huge to me, you know. But I'd like to encourage you guys, you know, some of you guys may be sure. Today, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I know that I'm doing what God's called me to do. But don't expect it to stay the same forever, you know, because our God is all about growing and developing 
things don't usually stay the same forever. And I'm aware of that. I'm like, God is, he turned last year when that happened. I never expected to go and work full time while my kids were school age. But now I've kind of learned that don't think that you know <laughs> what God is doing for the rest of your life. Just be open that God will probably grow you um, wherever you're at in your calling. You know, and if you're someone here who, who, you know, I don't really know what my calling is. You know, I don't know if I'm good at this. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. That's fine, too. Please don't worry. You know, don't let it keep you up at night. God will show you. But you know what you can do in the meantime is walk in the calling that you do know, which is the general calling that we're all called to be, which is to make disciples, to be fruitful to love your neighbor, husbands, to love your wives, you're called to do that. Wives, we are called to submit and respect our husbands, you're called to do that. That is a calling that we should be walking in because that's one that he's revealed to us already. You know, those general calls we must be working on to be faithful and in, in walking in. Otherwise, you know, why should God trust us with a more specific calling if we're not being faithful with the callings that he's already um, revealed to us you know if you're single <laughs> you're called to honor your father and your mother you're called to walk in purity and holiness and righteousness you're called to have a relationship with God that's what you're called to so go hard with that and God will continue to grow you in that and reveal more to you and the last area that I wanted to mention uh, that God wants us to continue growing in is compassion. You know, when we talk about leadership, um, you know, leadership in the world, they are motivated by ambition. You know, like what I said before, you know, uh, they are looking for greatness, position, authority, promotion, recognition. Those are, those are all good things. You know, but as I mentioned last week, you know, the world says that leadership and greatness are the goal. But as we know, as followers of Jesus, service, being a servant is the actual goal. You know, In the kingdom of God, people are motivated by compassion to serve others. Jesus was motivated by compassion. Everywhere he went, we see it in everything that he did. He was moved by his compassion. You know, it was his compassion that led him to stop and spend time with Zacchaeus, you know, to heal that woman who had, had that really embarrassing, horrible sickness, to feed the 5,000, even to die on the cross. Jesus was motivated by his compassion and his love for us. And we need to grow. We need to continue growing in our calling and in our compassion so that we can be better servants of others. You know, I was thinking when a, when a godly leader gets around people who are in need, you know, it stirs their heart and they want to do something about it, you know. They have this insatiable desire to take initiative, make things happen, take risks, all because of compassion. You know, um, the last three days I've spent at, um, at my school, uh, 
the, the youth, our youth ministry was running uh, an Arise program. Most of you may have heard of it. And it was a program that was run for kids tw 12 to 16 years old. And it was using uh, art, cartooning, and sculpture. We have some experts in our church family who were leading um, these workshops for the young ones. And they were using those as an avenue to preach the gospel. And, you know, I wasn't part of the, you know, leadership team. I was just there as support and kind of just unlocking things for them to come in. And um, But I was so blessed and I was so encouraged. And to be honest, God turned my whole heart upside down, um, just seeing these people serve. But, you know, being on staff, uh, I got to see behind the scenes as well. Um, the months leading up to this, actually the whole year leading up to this, um, it was actually put together by my sister Tyler, um, who had a heart for young people, and you should have seen her. For this whole year, you know, if you, if you saw her and she's like bawling her eyes out somewhere, it's because she's crying for these youth that she has so much compassion for, and you know, this woman is crazy. She brought this vision to us, and we were like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, there, there's actually no budget for that. <laughs> she said, it's all right, we'll find the money. We just need to do it. And we're like, uh, okay, cool, cool. You know, and yesterday was the last day of this program closing, and I was just gobsmacked. You know, God literally blew my mind just seeing this faithful woman who was moved by compassion because of what she saw. And she, you know, she found the money somehow to feed these children. She found the money somehow to make this, you know, art exhibition with all the spotlights, the expensive spotlights that they brought in to show the kids their, um, their artwork and things like that. It was so amazing. Um, but it would never have happened had she not allowed her compassion to be grown by God in this leadership thing. And, I, you know, one thing that I was really blessed by was, you know, I was there for all three days. I'm on school holidays, so, you know, living that bum life. <laughs> but, you know, what, what kind of really um, blessed me was every single day, Tyler had somehow convinced a whole team of people who have full-time jobs, mind you, to take time off work, you know, the work that pays them and turns their lights on when it gets dark. They had taken time off work to come and serve these young ones. And that just, that, just, um, that just amazed me. But, you know, when we allow God to grow our compassion, he provides everything that we need. You know, I talk about Tyler having crazy faith. All of those people I saw, Louis, Melissa, I think they came every day, you know, Drew and Pre. Oh, man, I don't want to start saying all the names because I might forget someone. You know, Leo and Blair sharing their expertise in these amazing subjects when you allow God to grow your compassion and you know you step out in that crazy faith God will provide you with the money you need he'll provide you with the crazy people that you need to come and help you do it not for our glory not for our fame but for his glory and his you know his fame because it says you know in that um, John 15 scripture by this, my Father 
is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. When we bear fruit, God gets the glory.